Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Welcome, superheroes. We are here with Jamie Alexis Stathis, who has an incredible website and a book um, that everybody has to run over and check out and order the book, Love is Always the Way Home. And when I found out about her book and her website, I instantly said, even without reading the book, I have to interview you immediately. <laughs> because when you come to a website and you see in huge word letters, on a red background, love is always the way home. And, and by the way, and it reckons back to the, my final chapter, um, that is essentially what the final chapter says, that love is always the way home. So, I'm, oh. so it, it resonated with me. So welcome, Alexis. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm going to tell people why I know about you and why I instantly trusted that I wanted to interview you. We met in a really cool private Facebook group, which is Jen Pastelov's on the street on the street team for her book that's coming out on June 4th. So Jen Pastelov, for you guys that don't know her, she's going to be on the podcast. She said she wants to come on in April, so I'm so excited, counting the days up to when she comes. Jen Pastelov was at my Love for talks that we did on November 11th and everybody can Google that talk. Go to YouTube and Google Jen Pasteloff Love Forward Talks and you'll see her amazing talk, you guys. And I'm, I'm going to give you a teaser. There, She ends the talk with the most beautiful, I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but I'm just going to tell you that you're going to be moved <laughs> unless you have a heart of stone and nobody that's listening to this podcast has a heart of stone. So I love Jen Pasteloff. I cannot wait to read her book. I keep thinking it's like time for it to arrive in the mail, but it has. In Jen Pasteloff's little group, Jamie posted and I was so inspired. So the, the other reason. What? That's the first time you posted? In there. Yeah, I know. And it's so funny because I I wanted to post about my, my heart book um, several times. And then I saw her, her, her weekly prompt. Cause I think she does it weekly, right? Like, okay, now tell me how we can support you. Right. And I, I think I kept thinking about it and then I would just like, I don't know, forget or just not do it. Right. And then yesterday, for some reason, was it yesterday or the day before? It was yesterday, Friday. Yes. Cause she does it on Fridays. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, I just decided, because I'd seen that article in Vox that, that there really is still this major crisis going on at the border. And yes. I thought, you know, maybe I can sell a few more books and, or at least bring it to people's attention, right? So it's yes. one or the other. It's like, so let's, let's, let me interrupt you to yes. say w what that's about, because yes. that was the huge inspiration for me um, mm -hmm. asking you to come on. Oh, cool. Tell everybody what your book has to do with those kids on the border. So she's talking about the kids. There doesn't seem to be um, a solution imminently to bring thousands of kids together with their parents right now. And so when I saw that this 
book supports those families. That is what motivated me to ask you to come on. So please tell them the story about how you came to devoting yourself to this cause. I have been followed by heart images for a while. And I'll show you, you know, the book. I mean, if you look at my Instagram, you can see them. But there are these 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 hearts that this is melted wax, right? There's some a pizza. Um, and I started seeing them around the time that I was taking care of my grandmother with dementia. And so that's like a whole other story, but I would be, she lives in New York and I'd be walking around New York and I'd see a heart on the sidewalk, you know, smashed gum or whatever it was, you know, not necessarily beautiful things, just a crack in something, right. Or a blemish on a potato. So I started taking pictures of them and sharing them on Instagram. It was right around the same time I joined Instagram and after a while, um, my friends and like my close friends and, and even just stranger followers who love this My Heart Project, um, I borrowed the hashtag. It's not my hashtag, um, but I love it. And they started to say, wow, you should make a little book, right? And my whole thing was, I'm a writer. I am writing a memoir. I am not going to publish some stupid little book of heart pictures, right? I mean, that was not, <laughs> not in the game plan, but it bothered me. And I, I had a friend say, you know, maybe you should get it ready for Christmas this year or then the next year. Maybe you should get it ready for Mother's Day or whatever it was, right? And I just didn't do it. I was too busy writing, doing like my, what quote, real writing, right? But then when June came around this past June, 2018, and we came to our attention that there were thousands of children separated from their families and I couldn't sleep one night. And I just, this phrase came to me, love is always the way home. And I, it's, I'm not that like much of a girly girl really, but it, it, I couldn't shake it. Right. Love is always the way home. And it was like, how do we get these families home? And it's, it's love, right. And it's connection and it's, it's coming together to do it. So that's why I finally made this little book and making it was a labor of love. <laughs> It was a lot harder than I thought, you know, just to um, choose the images. It's a very small book, right? It's little. I wanted to make it small, affordable, so I could send more money to the, the families, basically. It's more of a donation than anything. Plus, you get this little inspirational book. Yay. And you're giving the money to a cause that I really, really, really adore. Glenn and Melton Doyle's um, yeah, Together her. Rising. So, yeah. so tell everybody that doesn't know about Together Rising about what, yeah. what, what it is and what she's doing specifically with the kids at the border. Well, so I, I spent a lot of time because I wanted to make sure I donated to a place that was going to give as much money as possible to the cause, right? And that's a tricky thing. You know, there's administrative costs and there's all these other other things that happen. But, you know, I thought the ACLU, I thought I would give money to them. There were some local on the ground legal rights groups in Texas. I thought about giving directly to them. And then I, I thought of Glennon and I thought, you know, she has Together Rising and I know she's carefully vetting the groups and she has the ability to guide the money to where it's most needed at any given time. At the time, you know, I know that she was updating her site and she was give, you know, saying we've given 3 million, we've given 4 million, whatever it is. I don't know that Together Rising is still giving money there, or maybe they are, but maybe not as much as they were at the time. So that's why I picked the um, Texas Civil Rights Project, I think is what it's called. Because that's the group that I discovered that right now, is doing the most work for okay. the, yeah. Okay, so if great. I follow more books, that's where, where I think the money will go. It could go through, through Glennon's Together Rising, but I don't, 
I don't know right now if that. I think what I'll do is before I post this, I'll look and I'll check out what Glennon's yeah. doing and put it in the the podcast notes to so that it's clear what's what she's doing. It's so funny because yesterday morning before I saw your post, I was walking in my driveway and I saw a heart in my driveway that I have never seen before. I see hearts everywhere too. So it's on my Instagram feed too, but but I, I don't even post all of them. I have tons of them in my phone, obviously, but this one heart, I was like, that's been there since I moved in four years ago and I'm just now seeing it now. And I'm so, I'm like you, I see hearts everywhere. Like I saw one this morning in pancakes. <laughs> oh my God, that's so great. I haven't posted. I saw one yesterday. So I have, you know, it's fun. So for a while I was taking pictures of every single one that I saw. I mean, unless it, I was driving too fast in the car or something, right? I would stop what I was doing and do it. And then I stopped, but you know, I don't know. It's interesting to me because sometimes I think they they come in bunches and then there's a time where just like, I'm not seeing them very much. Right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm seeing one, but it's like two leaves and it's not a perfect heart, you know? <laughs> but then after we started chatting yesterday, I saw one in my rotisserie chicken at lunch and then, um, and pancakes this morning. <laughs> See, it really is everywhere. Edible hearts are the best. <laughs> well, it's a heartbreak to eat it, but yeah. Um, okay. So before we got on, um, today, I found your amazing essay, which has to do with my book. There's a crossover with my book. My book is called superhero of love, heal your broken heart, and then go save the world. And I had a bad breakup and I was blindsided by an avalanche of lies one of which we share in common. <laughs> and we had been together for two years. Wow. Um, and I was pretty entrenched even in his family and everything. And so that breakup though, I couldn't believe that I'd gotten to this place where I was in a relationship for two years with somebody who was lying um, pretty chronically. So I had to get to the bottom of why I was drawn to that and why that felt good and why that worked for me for two years. And then what I discovered in the process of healing and not blaming him, but just pointing toward my own heart and looking at myself and seeing where I played a part in this, obviously, I discovered what I call what we all have, which is a superhero of love inside of us. And so, so you clearly did the same thing. So I just want to, so tell us about this essay that you have, uh, it's on medium and, um, I forgot that I put it on medium. So at the time, you know, maybe even still, because I, I feel like they can't erase bravery, you know? Um, Oh, that's a great, that we can't erase bravery. That is such a great (laughs) thought. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, at the time. I thought it was the bravest thing I'd ever written. It was so intense. I thought, I mean, I couldn't, it was only a three month relationship. It, you know, it wasn't very long, but it is core shaking to be duped on that level. Yeah. And, and I, um, you know, did you read the whole essay? It's pretty long. Yeah, I did. It's great. Words or something. It, but, by the way, let me just interrupt to, yeah. and say that it's called Discovering My Boyfriend Has a Wife and it's on Medium. So if you look for Jamie Alexis Stathis on Medium, you will find that. 
So I posted that I went up, um, I was living in Montana at the time and I went up to my favorite hot springs resort. I say resort loosely. It's a very rustic old rundown place, but amazing healing water. And I went up there as I often did just to like, it was like hit my reset button kind of thing. And I sat there, um, I soaked and then I went to my room and I wrote that essay and it came out almost exactly as, as it, as you read, as you read it. It's just a, it's just what happened, but I posted it and I was terrified. Like, oh my gosh, like, you know, people are mean on the internet. And at the time my blog, um, which is, it's a WordPress blog and it's just my name, but it's also, sorry, I'm not who you thought I was. That's the title of that blog. That title came to me. I think I started that blog in 2011 or 2012. And it was, I don't know why, but every blog post always seems to speak to that topic. Sorry, I'm not who you thought I was. And especially on this case, right, where I've been completely duped and was dating a married man who I didn't know was married. Um, And so I posted it and I went to the pool and I soaked and I fretted and I couldn't believe I had put myself out there and said this horrible thing, right? Even before I, I was done processing it. And then you know, 200 people read it, 300 people read it, 500 people read it. Thousands of people read that blog in like days, right? It was the most readers I'd ever had. But the most, most exciting thing, and this kind of brings it back to present time, is that how many people wrote me private messages saying me too, right? Mm-hmm. Like long before me too was a thing, well, I guess it was a thing, but not the thing that it became. Um, all of a sudden I was, I felt so much less alone and Mm -hmm. it was the, it was the greatest payoff for that vulnerability was to, to have that community. And I think two people said, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. Um, somebody else shared it to like, I think a cosmopolitan, um, online, you know, Cosmo magazine and some, someone there said, called me like a home wrecker. And, you know, I mean, just, I, I, I don't know. She didn't read the essay, you know, sometimes that happens online, but um, <laughs> yeah, that was, I would say, even though I'd already been writing for a while, that um, po- writing that and posting it was really like, like pivotal. Um, for mm-hmm. me as a writer. Um, and it really like kind of motivated me. And, um, and of course, you know, we have Glennon and we have Brene Brown, right. And we have all these amazing women writers and leaders and thinkers right now telling us how important it is to be brave and to admit, like, you know, sometimes I just lock myself in the bathroom and I cry too, you know, like right. we all do that. Right. Well, that's what I love about Jen. I mean, you know, Jen is just unvarnished, this is what's going on. Mm. These exciting things are happening to me. And then this shit is happening to me as well. I'm human just like you. And I'm processing it just like you are. And I get, I have days where I'm super pissed off and I have days where I'm super full of love. And so it seems like, yeah, it seems like Brene Brown really tripped a switch, you know, Mm -hmm. years ago with that, with that Ted talk and, and said, yeah, it's, it not only is it safe to be vulnerable, but it's brave to be vulnerable. And it's, it's heroic, actually. It's heroic work to, to put things out there. And I know what that's like, that, that vulnerability that you feel when you're, because you really do, you, you, um, you open, you know, you open your chest up and show, you know, the pieces of your heart in this essay. And it's, 
so, and it's also so beautifully written, by the way. I love, I love the way you write. So I look forward to seeing more of your writing. And that person, just FYI for the listener, that person clearly did not read <laughs> the essay because you specifically reach out to the person that you think is her, his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife. And so you clearly communicate with her as if she was a you know, separated to be divorced. Um, next yes. way. Yeah. Yes. So. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, but you know, that's, I think one of the, I don't know, magical things about getting older, right. Is, you know, fine tuning your gut and, and listening. Right. And now, I mean, I don't know. There's that scene in the essay where I'm, I'm stirring soup and he's working in my kitchen table and I just turn around and say, are you married? Oh, that was, so that was my favorite part. I <laughs> love that. Except that I didn't listen to my gut. Right. And I let him, um, I let him just make, ex- you know, explain why and all that and why he was separated and not actually divorced. And, you know, now I think, I mean, I have a, a, a different partner now who's great and the, one of an incredibly honest man. Um, but like, if I, if I wasn't with him and I found myself in that situation again, like, I don't, I don't think I'd fall for it, but I think it's also a testament to how much we want to be loved. And yeah. In my book, I say, did you feel this way? How I felt was his love for me was sparklier and shinier than my own love for myself. So I was like, oh, that's that love. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I want that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to read your book. And I have a, I have, sadly, I have a few friends. I mean, it's part of life in your 40s, but I have a few friends going through divorces right now. And I'm really excited to get it for myself and then, and read it and, and then hopefully get it for them as well, you know, during that's so the sweet. So I'm going to read this paragraph, though, because I really do love this paragraph. This is from the, the Medium. You first posted it on your blog, and then you – did you edit it for, for Medium, or is it the same exact? <sighs> I can't remember. Okay, I anyway. I a little bit. I don't think so, though. Okay. So this is – I'm just reading it off of Medium. I just wanted to make that qualifier just in case they were slightly different. One night, Bob was doing paperwork at my kitchen table while I heated up chicken soup I'd made over the weekend. The energy in the room was still more calm than eerie, but the air had a weightless weightiness to it, not unlike barometric pressure right before it drops, right before the storm hits. My thoughts drifted, and without thinking, I turned to Bob, my spoon still in the simmering stock pot. I asked him, are you married? I didn't know the words were coming out of my mouth until they hit the air, so Bob and I heard them together for the first time. I love that sentence so much. <laughs> we, were, we were suspended in an eclipse, both shielded from and protected by each other. But I finally saw the hole in his story that my gut had been telling me was there all along. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think I'm still a little embarrassed by it, you know, but... <laughs> I have to say, I have, I have that in common with you. Like, so when I, I met Mr. The man I refer to as Mr. X in my book, I met him online and he was, 
out of the country on a job for the first few weeks of us talking. Uh-huh. And, you know, that dangerous but thing. And meeting- you know that that wasn't true or was it true? Oh, no, no. He was definitely, yeah, that was true. Okay. Yeah. Not everything was a lie. No, no, no. Yeah. Not everything was a lie. He only lied when it just, I mean, in, in truly in fairness to him, he had a trauma in his childhood and from there spurred this lying survivor mechanism. Okay. Right. So he's not like, I mean, you know, people said he's a sociopath. He's a, you know, whatever. He's a, he's a pathological liar. And yes. I don't, I, I just, I really, I, I don't agree. I don't think that he needs to be labeled that way. And I had my own childhood wounds that, that were no less ugly than his childhood wounds that led him to do what he was doing. And we locked, you know, we were like little, two little puzzle pieces with our little childhood wounds, just serving each other for a couple of years until, you know, all hell broke loose. But, um, but, but when he, we, when we met at the first date after speaking for a, a, a few weeks, I saw him from afar and I was like, Oh, he's not my guy. But I bet he'll be a really good friend because we had already, you know, had this, had really fun conversations and we really liked each other. So I was like, oh, he's going to be fun. Go in. And the whole time I'm thinking, yeah, he's just going to be a friend. And then he touched the back of my hand at one moment and like this electricity went through my body. <laughs> and I was, and, and, and he looked at me with that sparkly love, right? Like, oh my God, you're the cat's meow kind of thing. And he literally just so ever so gently with one finger touched the back of my hand, right? And it was like, oh, I think I, think I like it. Anyway, um, <laughs> those, those moments of sinking in to something that is your destiny, right? So that you can learn these really big lessons. Like, yes. thank God for that little moment. Thank yes. God for that little touch. Because I needed to learn this really huge lesson. And it took two years to learn it. That's okay. Yes. You know? <laughs> we, had a lot of, we had a lot of fun along the way. Just like you had a lot of fun along the way on your, you know. Yeah. It's not like everything's all bad mm-hmm. to get to the end of that lesson. Can I ask you what, what you did to heal your heart after this? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, do you know that formula that somewhere along the way ladies learn, <laughs> you know, where it's like, it takes a, a quarter of the time you were in the relationship. Oh yes. Relationship, you know, yeah. and it was, it was pretty fast, you know, but I mean, the, the thing that by the way, my math has never worked that way. It's yeah. always been the amount of time I was in. It's the amount of time. No, it's the amount of time I'm out. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? It probably was that. I mean, I'm trying to think. So it was, it was like, we, it was like January to April. And then, you know, what did I do? I mean, I went to Vegas with some girlfriends. (laughs) 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 Which isn't even something I do very often. I've maybe done three times in my life, four times in my life, but it was like, it just, you know, when you're talking to someone and they're like, oh, like with childhood friends, she's like, oh yeah, my sister and I are going to Vegas. And I'm like, when? I want to come, you know? So I basically just did every, anything, everything and anything that I wanted. But it did more than anything. Um, it really launched me back into writing. And um, awesome. that was, because writing and I, I don't know, like, I think this is probably a lot of, um, true for a lot of people, is like, you know, you get really excited and and work hard on a on a book project and then i get a couple of like 
agent rejections or no's. And then it's just like, oh, no, I can't, you know, I need to just do something else because this, because it's a whole other kind of rejection. <laughs> right. And, and so, um, yeah. And then, you know, it was summer in Montana and I just kind of, it was, I didn't, it, I did not wallow in that. I mean, the thing that was so disturbing was the, just the lying itself. You know what I mean? Not that the relationship itself ended because, you know, I was never sure that he was really the one. I mean, mm-hmm. I enjoyed him and he was interesting. He was different, you know, um, than anyone I knew. Um, but yeah, I was, I, 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 I was just, could, I just couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that I had been duped in, to that level. And then of course, when I, when I was talking to his wife and she, you know, it came out that the only one surprised was me. Wow. You know, she wasn't surprised by it. It wasn't his first time doing it. And oh, it wasn't his first time. I didn't no, catch that. Okay. No. no. And you know, I, if you look up, if you look on my blog, you'll see maybe a, a slightly different ending to that, but um, yeah, no, it wasn't his first time. Um, and yeah, the Jehovah's witnesses. And I didn't know that either. And the women are really accepting. I guess. Right. Yeah. It was wild. Right. The whole thing. So the lying. So for me, I, I, I dove in and did a bunch of shadow work. I did a workshop with Debbie Ford, the shadow process workshop. And I was unveiling shadows that had brought me to having this be a convenient relationship and a convenient trauma to jostle open my heart so I could look inside. And one of the shadows that I found was this lying shadow because I had always been my entire life and I hadn't really noticed it until being with a liar and having this flood of lies come tumbling down all within a couple of weeks, just a huge cacophony of lying. (laughs) And I had to look inside and I discovered this little shadow self. And um, for my listeners, just in case there's anybody new listening today, so shadow selves are those little pieces of ourselves that get kind of disenfranchised from us. And usually in childhood, things happen in our childhood that we can't manage the emotions around by ourselves and we don't have adults in our lives that can, can help us navigate those troubled waters so those little pieces of ourselves get kind of stuck in what in the in the shadows of our hearts but and i i always think of them as these little closets that i shove these little girls into and close the close the closet and and forget about them for you know decades and then come back and open the closet and they're either stark raving lunatic mad or they're you know, crying and saying, how, how much longer were you going to leave me in here? I thought you were going to leave me in here forever, those kinds of things. And one of the shadows that I discovered was from when I was eight years old, um, my mom had put, and this is in the book, my mom had put the Halloween candy in my closet, in my closet, in uh-huh. my room. Like, why would you do that to an eight-year-old, right? Shopping. <laughs> what? For safekeeping. For safekeeping. <laughs> so I discovered it and I took... I made a tiny little hole and I took one little piece out <laughs> and then, and then the next day I took another little piece out and then the hole got a little bit bigger cause I had to dive a little deeper. And so soon many pieces were gone and my mom went in to retrieve the candy and said, what is going on here? What, 
what, where is all the candy? And I was like, oh my God, I have no idea. And I was eight years old. And so it seemed to make sense to point the finger at my toy poodle, um, Prancer, who... <laughs> <laughs> Who never had to go to the vet and get a stomach pump? Right. <laughs> no, luckily my mother saw through that lie, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and she punished me by canceling my party, but not only canceling my party, she made me tell everybody why my party was canceled oh. because I lied. Yeah, it's like this really huge humiliating punishment for a my first huge lie of my life. And but from that moment, so I shoved that little girl inside, right? I don't even remember talking. My parents were divorced at the time and I don't even remember talking to my dad about this. So I didn't have any parent and any anybody to help me navigate how traumatic that was, right? Mm-hmm. So but at from that moment I, what? It was yours, sort of, right? The candy was yours, kind yes, of. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to tell my mom you said that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but but I what I did in that moment was I said no lying, no liars, no yes, lying yes. is bad, right? And so I cut so I had to manifest this very dramatic reflection of that lying shadow to heal that wound. So that was a really long way to say was anything like that. Yeah. Um, Actually, I mean, so one thing um, that's been a struggle for me as uh, both a writer and my mother's daughter has been like, what's on the table to write about and what's not. And it's been an issue for us. You know, I think my mom in some way thinks that I have all these terrible things to say. And and it's not that. It's just that I grew up in a family where we really didn't talk about any of the negative parts about ourselves. And we just kind of kept smiling and everything was great. So so it's a new, it's a new thing for my family to be a little bit more open and honest in that way. But when this happened with, um, Bob, who is, which is not his real name, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I wanted to write about it. And so I went up to the hot springs and I did, but the other part, um, was that I, I asked my mother before I posted it, which is something I really hadn't ever asked for permission about anything else before. Um, But I said, you know, I feel like if I write this essay about my experience accidentally dating a married man, I'm not telling the whole truth if I don't also tell that you had relationships with married men when I was a kid and that I promised myself like through and through that I would never do that. Right. Yeah. Um, And I, I didn't knowingly do it, but I did do it. And it was, it was a, it wasn't the, the biggest piece, but it was a, an important piece to my mother and I finding some peace <laughs> over that, mm-hmm. over, over that topic. It was sort of a taboo thing that we were never really supposed to talk about, but it was, I mean, she might disagree with this, but it was damaging to me. It was to watch my mother in, engaged in relationships um, repeatedly that um, with emotionally unavailable people. Right. Um, Right. So for me to say, I'm only going to date emotionally available people was sort of like your, I'm never going to have, I'm going to have zero tolerance for liars. Right. And right. then look, look who shows up. It's like the most emotionally unavailable. And to be honest, I mean, most of the men I had dated before it was, it was a, a bit of a, um, a crescendo to this, um, this incident where it was like, Oh, 
this guy is a drug addict and he's emotionally unavailable. And this guy, you know, is stuck in the mentality of a 17 year old. And then, and then there was this guy who came along who had like a job and he seemed like he was, you know, had it all together, but no, he was the absolute worst of, of it all. So you had, so you had the pattern. You actually were following her pattern of being with emotionally unavailable men. Yeah, I was, but they weren't, they weren't married. So I thought, but it was exactly true. Caught you, yeah. I mean, and right. I, I didn't realize that. But now yeah. you're with somebody who, so it's kind of similar, right? Like you had that crash and burn, and out of the the right the phoenix rising, now you've healed that, and now you are with an emotionally available man, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I actually had a therapist that I was seeing um, at the time, and um, she said, "Why don't you pick next time?" She said, you instead of being picked, instead of being picked, she said, you always get picked by these guys. And then you, you, I think it's flattering or I don't know what, what I, what I thought. Um, but she said, why don't you pick? And so I, and I, you know, I mean, one of the things that I did, I guess, to heal from, from that experience was something that was just a lovely part of my life at the time living in Montana was I, hiked with my girlfriends and we talked and talked, right? And if those, if those hills could talk, they know all of our secrets. And <laughs> we just, we just hiked and we, we walked and talked and everything, you know? And I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't like f- physically or emotionally sustain one more terrible breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it, so I did pick, right? And the guy I picked is the guy I'm with now. Um, I dated casually, like a little bit, um, before in between rather. Um, but it was like, no, this isn't right. So I didn't pick. Right. (laughs) Right. 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 um, Yeah. So it's, it's interesting when you give yourself that power and that option to do the picking and not just, and not just let somebody else, you know, passively choose you. Um, yeah. 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 That's that's so powerful. I agree. And I love also, I have this concept in my book called the love league and that was, which is, is what you, what you did gathering your girlfriends together. But for me, I had to actually had to like have love leaguers in every different time zone because I needed them to all stop me from calling him because I was so enraged by the lies because they just kept coming. It seemed like they weren't stopping. (laughs) So I was so enraged that I needed people to say, no, Bridget, you don't need to call him and, or say, okay, what do you think would happen if you called him? And, or can you tell me what you would say to him instead of saying it to him? Or can you write a letter or whatever, you know? So, but yeah, our posses, right? Our posses are so important to, to creating a safe space. Important. Yeah. So for them to find your book and I'll put a link on the podcast notes um, to, to check out the book, but tell them everywhere that they can find you, your writings, your book and everything. Thank you. So I love making new friends and connecting on Facebook. And so that's just Jamie, Jamie Alexis Stathis. Let's see. I have a little list here. Um, oh, I have, so I have Instagram for um, myself, Jamie Stathis, but I also have love is always the way home. And that's just hard images. And I had kind of abandoned that. So I, I want to say thank you for kind of bringing me back to this project. Cause you know, the, I mean, the, the families aren't all back together. We know that, but it's also, it's just important to me that I, that I keep this book alive in some way. Right. And, um, that the, the pressing issue 
hopefully will pass. But um, love is always the way home on on Instagram, and it's also a hashtag. So if anybody, like, if you want to post your driveway um, heart and put love is always the way home, that would be awesome. Yeah, so basically Facebook and Instagram. My my WordPress blog um, is, I haven't posted on there as you, well, no, did you go there or did you just- I did get there. I did get there. And then I, but then I found the Medium article and I just got entrenched in that. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't posted there for a while and I'm kind of on the fence. um, If I want to resurrect that, sorry, I'm not who you thought I was, or start something new. So I'm, I'm undecided. I'm, I guess- I can officially say I'm on the tail end of finishing writing a memoir. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. fantastic. That's why you haven't been on your, on that's your blog. Exactly. Yeah. I to do with both. I, I moved to California in May and um, from Montana and found a great writing group in workshops and pieces. My writing teacher said, okay, you're done. You just need to go write. You know, no more workshops. You don't need to do this. You have everything you need. So I rented a little cottage. It's very close to my house, 45 minutes away. They have yoga on site. They deliver fresh croissants in the morning. And, oh my God. Um, and it's, I think it's going to be great. So yes, yeah, so I'm going to go work on that. And then I'll, and then I'm going to start posting as I, as I look for representation and hopefully we'll be able to sell that book. I'll start posting, I think excerpts on either, sorry, I'm not who you thought I was or some other new blog. But it'll all be on Facebook and Instagram too. I love, love, love connecting with other writers in all stages. You know, people who are just trying to figure out what's my story. You know, like I know I have a story, but I can't figure out what it is. And people like Jen and you who have published books out in the world already. All right. Well, I can't wait to get your book and um, love the essay. I will put all the links everywhere and I'm going to dive in and check out what Glenn and Melton Doyle is doing right now with Together Rising on the border so that we have that update. And um, just thank you so much for coming. It was so great. And I can't believe we have so much in common too, which is like, I just always fun when you find more sisters that share your experience. So that was Jamie, Alexis, Stathis, and I just checked out the Glenn and Melton Doyle site, togetherrising.org. You can check it out, and there's a page specifically dedicated to everything that's happening on the border, and I will post that link in the podcast notes for everybody, and she even mentions on her site uh, the Texas Civil Rights Project, among other really great organizations, so lots of places to give. I'm about to go do that myself. Thanks for joining. If you like the podcast, please, 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 please go over and give us a a rating, subscribe, um, share it with your friends, bring more superheroes of love into the fold. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day, superhero.